episode 154. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. Hey, uh, all you guys who have signed up on the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page, I see people from uh, all over the world starting to sign up on that and post their content. Thank you so much for coming by, signing up. Either you're there as a voyeur, which is very cool, checking out artists and original artists uh, from around the world, or you're there as an artist yourself and posting your content, whether it be photos, uh, a new song, a new album, a video, or you just want to stop by and chat. Digging it. Love to have you there, and thank you so much for being a part of this community, this growing uh, community, uh, which is just uh, amazing to see all this talent around the world. Well, today we're outside of Portland, Oregon with a poetic singer-songwriter. She started to write pop music purely by accident. She uses humor and honesty to entrance her audiences. Her writing subjects are all about heartbreak, dependency, regret, and persistently striving to heal. Here to share with us songs from her just-released album, So What? It's the awesome songwriting and vocal prowess of Larissa Birdseye. You better strap up your seatbelts. And let's go for a ride. Great to be in Oregon today, and I want to welcome Larissa Birdseye to the show. Uh, welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Good to have you here. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And you're the <laughs> first person ever, I think, that I've had on this show. No, I had one other, actually, and I think she was out from out west, too. Um, but you are in your bed right now, very comfortable, oh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and digging what's going on here, because so, you said it's warm, right? It's Yeah, it's the warmest place in my house, and I, I definitely considered moving from bed to look like I'm more of a functional human, but... Right. You know, it's eight twenty over here, so. <laughs> oh, it's and you know, functional humans are very overrated. You know, like, I agree with that. Give, I think comfortable humans are probably doing it better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, um, listen, I'm so happy to uh, to have you here, and the reason we got connected, um, a, f- a friend of mine, Julia Carey, uh, connected you and I together, and yeah. do you know Jul- Julia? Yeah, she's uh, she. I've met her a couple times. Um, she is a friend of my friend Britta. Oh, okay. And so we went um, we went rafting one summer, and I played her a couple songs, and she just kind of loved the music, and she's been really supportive, and she put me in contact with you. Yeah, she's a fellow so she, yogi, so we were talking one day, and you know, I just mentioned the show, and she she told me all about you. Know, I was really 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 happy because you're. Um, you're an artist in every sense of the word, and I just love the fact that um, you're you have a deep commitment to to your artistry. Um, you know, I can hear it in your music and in your lyrics, um, and that's always a treat for me. I just love to have that. So, tell me, how did it start for you? That you got to be the poet, you got to be the songwriter, you got to be this musical spirit. When did it all start to you know get traction for you? Well, my my dad was a writer. And he always placed emphasis on reading and writing in the house. And I think I kind of imitated him. I was always writing short stories. I was trying to, you know, I was writing poetry. I was always writing, always writing whatever I could. Um, And I loved it. And then when I hit high school, I had a period of depression and anxiety. And I started writing poetry, kind of, you know, kind of like dark Poetry, kind of trying yeah. to do the Anne Sexton, like Sylvia Plath kind of thing, but right. you know, an adolescent attempt at it. Yeah. 
And at the around the same time, I picked up um, a guitar and I taught myself a couple chords. And I realized that I could put all of this poetry to music. And I kind of took off from there. You know, I, what started as poetry became more of, a, of structured songwriting. And I think I began to pay more attention to kind of what went into making a good song, kind of making it make sense, what was pleasant to people. Um, and I think it's the, you know, it's the way it's become, it's become something that I use as a way to process all of my emotions and all of, all of the things that I go through. Um, so it's really, it's really a tool that serves me well. And now it's something that I'm, you know, expanding upon and bringing out, uh, to more people. It's almost like your own private apothecary, right? It's just, it yeah. serves well. <laughs> it's like a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So how old were you when you were like struggling with the depression and, and things of that sort? Like w w what age were you? You know, I think, I think I've have done it. I think I really hit the struggle with depression. I think it was there. It was present my whole life. Right. I've always been a really sensitive kid, like a really sensitive person. Yeah. And I think when you are really sensitive in this world, I think you pick, I think you pick that up really early. Like you have a sense of, of what is unjust or what is unjust in the world. And I think that kind of tends to bum you out even when you're little and it's not personal. You just hear, you hear how the world is, how the world works and how unfair it can be. And I think you just kind of start to pick that up and, and, and feel a little bit of depression. And then as you get older, it, I think it becomes a little bit more chemical and based on your, um, based on your experiences. Yeah. So I think, I think my, my big struggle with depression started happening when I was, uh, when I hit high school, probably around 13 or 14. Yeah. I think that's the age for most of us, except for me. I mean, I just came out of mine this morning. It's been a while. Uh. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah. But music yeah. is, is so therapeutic for, um, I mean, I think a lot of us are that way, the way you just described, like, you know, if you're a writer, um, that's kind of like your, it's a comfort zone to go to, to say, I, I need to deal with some things and, you know, that, that venting and just, you know, getting that out of your system. Um, it, even if it's short term, it feels good, you know, to just, yeah. to have that going on. So why don't we listen to one of your tracks and let everybody know what's going on? Because I think <laughs> you're done for this. Let's listen to done for. I've been searching, but I ain't 
Great song. I love your love your voice and the vibe you got going there. Can you share the story behind Done For, Larissa? What yeah. was that about? It's a. I mean, it's a pretty. It's a pretty dark. It was from a pretty dark time in my life. Um, I was pretty unhappy. Uh, I was in a kind of toxic relationship. We were, in retrospect, looking back, we were both pretty awful to each other. Um, but it was one of those push pull, like really trying to leave him, try to get out of it. And, you know, he, him doing the same. And it just kind of felt like a hopeless situation. It didn't really feel like I was ever truly going to be, be able to leave. And, um, I was going through a really rough time with drinking, uh, just could not stop really. <laughs> right. So I, you know, I was just this, this bad toxic time in my life and I was drunk when I wrote it actually. And I never, I never drink when I write or I never write when I drink rather. Um, I don't find that it, it really frees me up at all. I think most people, um, tend to experience a little bit of freedom in their, in their writing, like a little more fluidity, but that's never really been the case for me. This has been the only exception. Um, but I think for me in that moment, I really wanted to just say without, without kind of being clever about it without trying to like, Oh, but it'll be fine. Kind of thing. I really just wanted to say how I felt. Yeah. And so it's, it's ended up, you know, it's a, it's a pretty dark song and I think it doesn't make any excuses for itself. It just is, it's just, this is how I feel. Right. And I don't know if it's going to be better. (laughs) I like the song a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about, tell me about while we're talking about that drinking and playing, performing, writing, um, what are your rules? Like you, do you, like have a few when you get on stage or you don't drink at all. Like when you play out, like what's, what are you, what is your rules without, so, you know, in my early twenties, um, the rule, there were no rules. Um, I definitely, yeah, I definitely there, you know, there were shows where I held it together for the most part. I was always, I was always drinking for, for the shows. Um, there was, there were, there were times I held it together and there were times where I just completely like, the thing about drinking and singing, especially, I feel like you can get away with it with your instrument, but when you're actually, when it's part of your body, <laughs> yeah, um, you, you're not, I'm not able to do the things that I'm able to do sober. So I had a point, I had a point when, you know, when I was 24 or 25 where I just, I was like, no, no more, not, not doing this anymore. This is, this is kind of embarrassing. I'm just going to take myself more seriously. I'm going to take this more seriously. So my rules now are, um, you know. I take care, you know, take care of my voice. Uh, I don't drink before I go on stage. And right now I'm kind of in this place where I'm not drinking in general. Um, right. I'm taking, I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus. It, I think it doesn't really make me happy. You know, in your, in your yeah. like, young life, I think it's this exciting thing you can do. You can get plastered. You can get, you can just 
black out and have the time of your life. And then as you get a little bit older, well, not blacking out because then you're, you can't have fun. Well, with yeah. It. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, I know the, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then as you get a little bit older, the hangovers are worse. You have higher expectations for yourself. Yeah. And you're like, Oh man, did I really do that all again? So <laughs> I've been, I've been taking a break and it. it really has helped a lot. It's, I feel clear headed. I feel so much more able to focus yeah. on, on music and accomplishing what I want to do in my career. And it's been, it's been great. I really, I highly recommend it to anyone. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was the same way when I was like, you know, a, a youngster and being German Irish, it was like, you know, I could just, I could knock them <laughs> down, man. It was always yeah. on top of the amp was a couple of beers. And then, you know, as I got closer to 30, I said, I just changed one day. I said, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's like, I want to, I want to know every nerve ending on edge because yeah. I feel it, it, it moves you forward as a performer, a writer, a whether if you're a guitar player or whatever you are, musical, Absolutely. I think you kind of like, you kind of mask over stuff. Like you're not paying attention Absolutely. as much, you know? So Absolutely. I think, I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like performing, like performing when you're drunk is like, like it's this fake connection. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I feel like as a, as a musician, as a performer, you have to take some kind of, you have to harness that anxiety and that, that energy and you have to conquer it. And you have to you have to interact with the audience in a way where it's it's authentic and it's real. And when you're drunk, you're just like, "Hello there!" Like, yeah. <laughs> it's my time. And it's yeah. like it doesn't matter if the audience is are, is there. You're gonna do the same thing. You're yeah, you got to use that use that anxiety as fuel for your performance. You know, it's like it just brings you to places like and and you have to use your own bravery. You know, not just say, "Well, I'm I'm feeling no pain, so I'll just try this silly move and see if it works." You know. Um, yeah, so I'm an advocate for that. I, I, I encourage everybody that I meet to, to say, you know, don't, don't drink, you know, like, don't, you know, I know you're up there with the boys and having fun and the girls or whatever, but, you know, just try it with ice water and see what happens. Hey, you were talking about the, um, the fires in Oregon. What's going on with that? Are, is, are things under control now or is it still bad? Yeah. Um, as far as I know, the, so the forest or the forest fire that is closest to Portland. I can't speak for the rest of the state, but the forest fire that really kind of broke everyone's heart, um, at least for Portlanders, is the uh, Eagle Creek Fire. So we have this we have this place a little bit east of Portland. It's um, this expanse of forest, like thousands and thousands of acres. Um, and it's called the Columbia Gorge. And a couple teenagers in August, in the driest month, uh, threw a couple firecrackers down and lit the whole thing. Oh, up. And so... Like hundreds of thousands of acres burned. I think they've got it fifty percent contained, yeah, or maybe a little bit more because it has been raining. The last I checked, it was fifty percent contained. Yeah, so it's getting there, but a lot, a lot of it, a lot of it went up, and uh, it's going to be changed for for a while, for definitely a while. I mean, forever, but um, it's probably not. It the thing about it, it's just beautiful. It's so beautiful. There are so many hiking trails. It's like this treasure. For Oregonians, and it it's kind of ruined at the moment. Yeah, so, that is really sad. It was, you know. it was crazy. I felt, you know, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I had to go out to work, and uh, I work in a soup cart, and so that you know, there's there's no, uh, there's just the smoke everywhere. So I wore this ventilator, which wasn't really doing much. Right. And uh, ash rained down on the city. It looked like a scene. I was like some apocalyptic, you know, hellscape. Oh, wow. Yeah, it the just worst makes you, part. You know, it just makes you think. 
The worst part for me was you canceled our interview last week. (laughs) Yeah, that is hard. I mean, you you see all that forest going. It's just, it's just, it's such a crime. You know, people don't realize what they're doing. You know, really, really terrible. I think it's time to play haunt. It's a good time to play haunt. Here we go. production on that too it set up such a vibe so what's the story on that one really another good song really good um thanks it was about um i actually wrote haunts about my first relationship kind of my first love um and we had a really inter- kind of for me i won't speak to what happened with him but it was a very intense uh brief ish kind of relationship a lot of stuff happened toward the end that we, you know, we were too young to deal with. Right. Um, and it kind of blew up. And I think that because we were so young, neither of us knew how to handle it. And 
you know, the the relationship was wrecked. The friendship was wrecked. And I, it was very abrupt for me also. So it was very difficult to let go of that, of that kinship, of that friendship, really. Um, and I felt like for years afterwards, for several years, I just couldn't really fully get away from that, from that really, from, from basically that, that love, like that intensity of the love that I had felt. Right. And there was a lot of anger and a lot of resentment because I hated how I felt, you know, because when the, when the other person disappears in the equation, you're left with all of this baggage yeah. and you're almost haunted by it. And, you know, so it was a song to, to someone that wasn't there anymore. Um, and it helped a lot in writing it. Honestly, I feel like it helps set to rest. Yeah. Um, you know, cause there was a time that line, like every song I write is about you. So every song I write is a lie. Um, I, there was a time where everything I wrote was about him and it just, it was just so stressful and so, so exhausting. Um, cause you know, I just didn't know if he really cared, <laughs> but you're better now. Oh yeah. It's been, a, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. Time from and that, songs. From that lesson. Yeah. Time and songs heal all things, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like you could get, you can have that told to you so much when you're young, like time will heal it. And you're yeah. like, it will never heal it. Yeah. Not and when then, you're in the moment. Yeah. And then, you know, you give it a couple years and you're like, what was oh, it? so stupid. What was his name? <laughs> Forgot his name. What was that guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that tea must be good because you were out gigging last night at a house concert. Yeah. So how did that go? Um, It went really well. Um, It was a lovely... Lovely room, lovely audience. I got to play with a full band um, with a drum kit as well. So it's always nice when house houses allow you to play at you know yeah mid volume. We definitely didn't go all in. We played we played a little bit quiet, but it, it was really nice. Now, f- when you go out full band, what is full band for you instrumentation wise? You four piece, five piece, um, five piece. So I play the acoustic guitar and I sing. Um, I um, I have a guitarist, a Jai Marshall, who's very talented. Tim Carpless, Tim Carpless on keys, um, multi-instrumentalist, producer, amazing. Um, Matt Brewster is on bass, and then and he's amazing as well. And then Sean Kenny is on the drums. All, all great people. I'm very blessed to have kind of created this ensemble, and um, everyone is really nice. We all get along. You know, we're all friends, yeah. which I think is so important. Excellent, excellent. So, um. When you're doing the gig scene now, do you mix it up, Larissa? Do you do like, you know, solo gigs and then do full band, half band? Do you take like whatever whatever you can get or how does absolutely, it work for you? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's kind of the power where I, like I find that really um, really freeing when I'm able to play solo. Like I can I can just do a solo set. Yeah. And it's definitely a different kind of audience, kind of more of a quieter audience. Um, we do it as a trio sometimes where it's just cajon and guitar or, you know, uh, cajon and bass. And we do the full bands for kind of the, the bigger, higher stakes gigs where right. I want to look, where I want the sound to be. <laughs> full, <laughs> you know. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's awesome. If you can do that and pull that off, um, it's always good to be able to just say you know, you want me to play here? I'll play right now and just, you know, pick up a guitar and play a song. Um, yeah. That has so much value and, you know, doing the, the, and then being able to do all the other pieces like that. She can go out four piece, 
five piece or one piece, whatever it takes to bring the music to the fans. This poet knows how to go it. Right back to my interview with Larissa right after this. Are you a singer, songwriter, artist, or author? Are you in need of a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency is in the business of helping you broadcast your global career. If you are needing to expand your presence in a big way, such as having your music and your voice heard around the world, well, look no further. We have the platforms here to help you catapult your career like no one else can. Your artistry can be featured around the world on the James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel. Here at the James O'Connor Agency, we can expand your global career by being a featured guest on Dharmic Evolution for singer-songwriters and everyone in the entertainment industry. Or the James O'Connor Show, designed for authors, speakers, and thought leaders. Both shows are international radio, TV shows, and podcasts. Go to the jamesoconnoragency.com and find out what we can do for your global career right now. How about some of the like the scene in um, Oregon? Like, where is it, is the Portland? area have like a really cool music scene it does um i love i love the portland music scene it's very much it's like a do-it-yourself mentality um and because i feel like there's not a ton of money backing the industry here it's a lot of small labels it's a lot of um independent musicians that you know do you know raise money for their albums through kickstarter or are crafty in other ways um making their own videos, kind of, kind of just doing, doing whatever they can and touring a lot. Um, Portland is kind of a saturated market. I feel like, I feel like what I've heard about Portland is that, you know, in towns like Seattle or LA, people tend to come out more. Like the music scene isn't just, um, kind of specific to other musicians. So you'll have a lot of shows where, only your musician friends are there. Like it's very, it's very, it can become a little, um, it, I mean, it's a community in the way that most communities, you know, we all support each other and have each other's backs. Everyone knows each other. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I love that. It's such a great place to, to start and, and to kind of grow. And I think that everyone reaches a time where they kind of spread their wings and they venture out to other places, you know, New York or LA or Nashville. Um, and then, you know, I, I feel like I want Portland to be my home base forever. Yeah. I've spent time. I haven't been to Nashville yet, but I've spent time in New York and I've spent time in LA and I really love them. I love those towns. Um, but I think I, I don't know if I could live there. I just, I don't know if it was, if it's for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. LA is a little tough to live in. Well, New York could be the same thing too, because if you have, um, a lot of people uh, who are writers, um, like myself, find it so, like overstimulating. You know, big cities like whoa, and uh, you know it can be a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting and it's wonderful. I mean, I love it in small doses, like a couple days yeah. or whatever. But then after a while, it's like I need my quiet space, man. I need I need nature and I, things like I that. Know. You know, I had a friend describe it because when I when I first went to you know I I actually flew out to New York to shoot a music video, and so when we were in the city, um, I just had this. 
I, you know, I think, I think most people experience this with New York, but it was just like this magic, the sense of magic and the sense of falling in love yeah. with this beast of a city. I was just like, ah, I have to be here. I have to yeah. retroactively be here for 10 right. years. Like yeah. I just need to be here from like 20 on. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 for a couple of days, I, I was seriously, I was on some New York high. I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to move there. I'm just going to move there. Yeah. And I reached out to a couple of friends and, you know, one, one of my friends from high school had just moved back to Eugene, Oregon, where I went to high school or moved back to, yeah, moved back to the city, um, or to the town. And I asked him about his experience because he had done the conservatory program in Michigan and moved out there to kind of pursue Broadway. And he described New York as the most alone you'll ever be without having any privacy. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, good point. Good point. I will just continue. And that's what I love about the Pacific Northwest. I don't know if you've ever had any time to spend out here, but it's beautiful. Yeah, Vancouver. I've been to Vancouver Island and, you know, but I haven't I haven't spent any time in Oregon, unfortunately. But yeah, it's just it's beautiful out here. It's lush. It's green. Um, It can you know, you can find solitude within 30 minutes of wherever you go, which I think is amazing i think that's amazing and uh beautiful countryside i mean i've seen the photos and said wow that is just it's so inviting it's so beautiful hey tell me about your writing regiment larissa like what's the best um setup for you to write are you just one of these anywhere i go if i get the you know if i feel it i'll just pick up my guitar and write a song or do you have some kind of like best time of day that you write or um, how do you usually go into it to start creating? Well, now that we're celebrating the release of, by the way, <laughs> so what? September sixteenth, that came out, right? Just just recently, yeah, a couple just weeks very ago. Recently. Yeah. yeah, congratulations, by the way. I should have started with Thank that. You. But, uh, Thank you so much. So, um, so tell me about that. Tell us how you how you get into your your groove for writing. What what is it? How does it work for you? I I think it's really it's really dependent on how I feel. Um, sometimes I feel very, very motivated to, I, you know, to get down and write. I'm just right. like, I have a song in me. I have a song in me. Sometimes I'll be in the car and, uh, you know, a, a melody or a phrase will hit me. And you know, what is great about modern technology is I have, I have like 30 second snippets on my phone of little songs that I haven't finished. You know, sometimes right. I go back and I finish them, but it's just, you know, it's, it's like notation. I'm just kind of saving ideas for later. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I return to those ideas. Sometimes I just sit down and start, you know, start practicing or playing the guitar. And then I, I immediately shift to just writing a song. And sometimes it takes a couple hours. Sometimes it takes one try. It's just like, it's really, it's really different for me. There's not a lot of structure to it. Um, when I write with other people, I, I think that the way my brain works is it just, I kind of, I like, I really love words. I really love how they fit together. It's always a challenge to make it, to make it really true. I think, Yeah. I think we can get bogged down in a lot of cliches and I really try to stay away from that. Like I know I write a lot of love songs and breakup songs, but I try to, you know, really convey exactly what it is that I'm feeling, like really do justice to it. Not simply like, I'm so sad. Like, (laughs) yeah, just kind of, just kind of that that a uh, general basic kind of songwriting. So I, I really, I, I like it. I view it as a challenge. Well, I, I love the fact that you like poetry. I mean, it's all over your music, which, which I, I'm a big fan of that. I try to do that myself is, um, you know, you want to tell a good story, but you want to be, 
you know, you want to be poetic in that, you know, when you read it, it's almost like, wow, this just connected to my soul, you know, like in a big way. Thank you. That's, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of my dad influenced me a lot in that, um, you know, around the same time that I uh, started writing, I started reading a lot of, of poetry as well. And, and I started getting into that. And uh, I think that kind of has has bled a little bit into my songwriting. Yeah, I think we need to listen to another one. Here is Impact. Thank you. 
sing like a bird too. <laughs> Very Thank nice. You. Yeah, really great vocals there. I love when you're getting up in that upper range at the end. So that was a really, so what is Impact about? Um, Impact is a song about kind of having an experience with someone that you know is just not in the right place at right. all. Okay. And you're, and you kind of fall a little bit for them and right. you're like, no, what is happening? Why did I do this? I knew that I should not have done this. So it's like, it's like that little time before you fall on your face and you feel like a fool. It's right. just, it, it's like the brace for the impact of, of the, you know, this, the brace for the consequence of, of what you've done. Right. Like, you know, fell for a bad boy. You fell for a bad boy. Yeah, your favorite subject is love. Yeah. 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 I think so. I mean, I think I think I'm as I get a little bit older and I'm a little more comfortable, um, you know, my relationships are not as kind of toxic and chaotic and torrential as they were, once were. Um, so I think as I get away from that, I'm in a I'm in a committed steady relationship with a really wonderful person and um you know, I, I try not to write about that relationship because we're still in it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. You can't I do that. I try not to be a jerk <laughs> and like put, put us on blast. Although I really like I have the, that impulse to me. I really do. I, anything goes wrong. I want to write a song about it. Um, yeah, but that's what moment, we do. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to figure out. I'm definitely trying to figure out different ways and, you know, what to write about. And I think. Um, I think that it's working. I'm, I'm, uh, about to release a music video in a couple months. That's, um, a song I recorded called save us from us. And it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of a, like a protest song a little bit, or just a, it's more political. I think that I'm, I'm getting into more into the political realm a little bit, right. um, without being a political songwriter. Okay. I think it's hard. I think it's hard not to kind of dip a little bit into that, especially considering the times that we live in. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, this is definitely a breakup album and I'm, you know, I'm sure I'll return to that. That's, that's kind of where I'm comfortable in. And that what, that's what motivates me is, is heartbreak. And I think that's the worst kind of pain you, you can go through. I mean, not, it's not all the same across the board, but I think it's a really, it's a really deep pain when you lose someone. Yeah. It's very deep emotionally. Don't you think that um, a lot of the times when you do find yourself in toxic relationships, there's something about something about you, me, whoever it is that attracts that like subconsciously, almost like unknowingly, like, and that kind of comes in okay. and you're like, what? I, and I'm speaking mostly about myself, but, <laughs> but it's like, wow, why does this keep happening? You know? And it's like, uh, it's so, um, it's such subterfuge. It's like something that's not like, it's just not in your mind at the forefront of your mind. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, and it's much easier for somebody else to step back, whether it's somebody in therapy or a friend or whatever, who's close to you say, Hey, do you realize what you're doing here? You know, you see this same pattern going on and it's like, yeah. And they're like, run. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think you attract, you tend to attract what you are putting out, Yeah, you know? Yeah, the one of one of the worst relationships that I was been in, and a lot of the songs on the album are about him. I was drinking, you know, just I was drinking, I was partying, doing drugs, messing up in all sorts of ways in my life, and I found him, and he was the same way, and we just were these 
flames that just burned so brightly together, just threatened to burn everything down together. And it took me a while to, to really, I think because we were so destructive, I it took me a while to really see his destruction and then say like, Oh my God, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like I see where this leads and I don't want to do this. Right. So it took a while. And I think in that, through that relationship, I, I, I'm happy for it because I think it taught me that I had to, I had to really grow out of it. Yeah. I had to really distance myself from that kind of lifestyle. And, um, and it's been, it's been great. You know, I think Good people try you. to, I mean, I think people try to kind of like make fun of people that have decided to get sober and stop partying. It's like, Oh yeah, you gave up, yeah. but it's really like, it's great. It's like the best kept secret when you eat right. And when you exercise and when you stop drinking, and when you sleep, you live a lot happier. You You're really do. You really do. You wake up feeling great every day. I mean, I'm a committed yogi, so I'm into the whole, you know, like, I mean, I drink, but very, very little and socially, but, um, but it's, yeah. it's, you know, you don't, like you said, you don't need that in your life. It's, um, there's so many other great things in life to, that you can embrace that enhance your life. You know, I think, I think if you don't pay attention to those things, they're never going to come into your life, you know? But Absolutely. I think we need Absolutely. to play that video. Here we go. This is the official mm. video, and it's called Let Me Down. What I say? 
a great video. Awesome. Done in Portland, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Shot all over it. Yeah. <laughs> So we were just talking, talking, uh, you folks missed it, but we were having a really good conversation about you were a cubicle rat <laughs> and you said, <laughs> I, I had enough of this. I should be singing. And, uh, yeah. you know, you know, God bless you for making the move because, uh, yeah, you're definitely in, in your, um, in your sweet spot, you know? Thank you. Yeah. I'm happy I did. It was terrifying. It was very terrifying. I was like, I don't know. How, I don't know what I'm going to do for money. <laughs> right. Um, and you know, I went right back to working customer service, food service jobs, because the thing is they're so flexible, like, because it's a, I'm not knocking the food industry, but they, they let you do what you want because you're so replaceable. Right. You yeah. know, and there, it sucks, but it's really motivating to work jobs that treat you poorly. Yeah. Um, I, I have a good job now. I'm not, I'm not knocking what I'm doing now, but, um, I definitely have works in, in positions where I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm just looking toward that door. Like one day I'm going to get out of here. I'm yeah. just going to be like, I'm going to, it's, it's motivating. It's definitely motivating. Right. When well, you're comfortable. <laughs> well, I'm certainly glad you're a singer and a songwriter because uh, you, you fit it just to a T. So why don't, <laughs> why don't we, as we're just wrapping up here, Larissa, tell us um, where can everybody who's listening support you go to your website? Is it and uh, support yeah. your music well, and your schedule? Absolutely. So I update my uh, website with shows. You can buy the album there. Um, I'm adding t-shirts. So anyone want that wants a t-shirt? Um, it's www.larissabirdseye.com. So it's really easy. Um, and then the album's up on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. Uh, it's a 12-track breakup album detailing every failed relationship I've had. Every <laughs> single one is on there. Every ex-boyfriend's I've had is really features. wow. Features. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I don't think any of them know this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't because I'm not in contact with them. Right. But I wonder if they'd be mad. I feel like they might be mad. Yeah. Well, I won't tell if you won't tell. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Larissa, thank you so much for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. Really enjoyed your music, your songs, your video, your stories, and um, you know, I'm so glad the fires are out out there in Oregon, so you can breathe. Yeah. Breathe beautiful air once again. And thank you so much, James. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we, we had a great time and, and you know this is gonna be gonna be awesome to get you out there and into the world. So blessings on appreciate you. Appreciate that. <laughs> thank right. you. Do you ever wonder why you were created and what you're here to do? Then the geography of the soul will help you to find your true place in this world. The music is so inspirational, including tracks such as I Want to Be Loved, State of Grace, and Ride On. James Kevin O'Connor is an internationally acclaimed singer, songwriter, music producer, entertainment agent, TV star, and a loving father who leads you to find your true place and calms your mind and soul in breathtaking ways. Buy Geography of the Soul today by James Kevin O'Connor at iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, jameskevinoconnor.com, Geography of the Soul, a beautiful CD that you need to own today. 
by James Kevin O'Connor. Sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. Done for. Haunt. Impact. And let me down. And the apocalyptic hellscape with the fires outside of Portland. Yes, Larissa has a way of creating poetry even in casual conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed today's visit with this awesome talent. Larissa, today on the Dharmic Evolution, I think this was a Dharmic Evolution first. Larissa and Felix did their side of the broadcast in bed under the covers where it was safe and warm. Hey, if you have not had the chance yet, you should head over to the James O'Connor Agency website. you got to check it out. Artists all over the world checking in, taking advantage of all the products this agency is offering them. You may have also heard that we write songs for authors. Very true. We just wrote and produced a song for alumni distinguished professor Scott Geller from Virginia Tech University. Now, Scott now has a flagship song that supports his brand, Actively Caring for People. You should check out the website for this. That's really amazing. AC4P. It's the letters AC, the number four, the letter P, dot org. We released this song recently, and it is called Here to Share and Care. I'm going to play it at the end of this uh, broadcast just so you get a, a handle on what he's doing for the world with this organization. It's really, really important work. Hey, do you need funding for your next album project, single, or video? We'll go over to the jamesoconnoragency.com. Let us connect you with how to get funded for your next project. It's easier than you think. We also want to encourage you to visit dharmicevolution.com. Check out uh, your show and blog profile right now. If you've been on the show, you're now on the site. Larissa is now on the site, and people from around the world are logging in to see and hear all about Larissa and her music. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. And as promised, here it is, Scott, uh, Professor Scott Geller's new anthem, Here to Share and Care. Catch you next time. Did you ever stare into darkness and look for the light? Have you ever felt compassion that makes your heart come alive a simple act of kindness will nurture a spark in your heart you've just sown the seed to help someone in need we all love we all cry Every day
to share.